0: Good to see you all. Are you ready for this? Let's stand and worship. I don't know, I just have energy today. So welcome if you're online, but let's do this. In the darkness we Mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory. To a
1: I absolutely love that song because it just gives to each of us a beautiful picture of a God who, although he is the creator of the universe and so powerful, so majestic, he's a God who's very personal as well. And he desires to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And it's not that you have to have everything figured out, not that you have to have everything perfect. You just have to be open to his spirit, open to his invitation to you. And we have a new song today that we want to introduce to uh, our church. It's called Greater Still, and it just talks about the love of our Father, the love of our God, and the fact that no matter how far we may run from him sometimes, he's still a God that when we turn towards him again, he comes running right towards us. And uh, I don't know where you are today, but my encouragement for you would be, even if it's a small step, take a step towards God because he is waiting for you. His arms are wide open, and he's ready to show you his love today. Let's sing this song together and just sing about our great God. Saw me at my very worst when I expected disappointment love was all I heard
2: my sin was deep your grace was deeper my shame was wide i
1: a simple prayer of invitation for god to do what he wants to in your heart just let him know that
2: Death is just a doorway.
0: we could ever
3: thankful for the gifts of your presence as we come together collectively. Lord, as we just sung that song, we understand that, man, we build our lives on things that don't last so often. And God, today we come to you and we confess to you that whether it's around power or self-esteem or trying to get stuff or finances, Lord, we build our lives around stuff that just doesn't matter. So, God, today we just through song come to you and confess to you that our hope, our desire, what we want is to place our lives, our love, our focus, all that we are at the feet of the cross today. So, God, we thank you for your presence that's here. And Lord, for my brothers and sisters who are here today who are struggling to place their faith in you, maybe there's someone here today who doesn't even know you as personal Savior, but God, they're exploring. They have built their lives on other things, and that stuff has become empty. Lord, would you show yourself to that person today? And then for others, God, who just need to know your presence, who need to know your touch, who need to know your peace, God, would you bring that to them today? as we release ourselves and open ourselves to you. And God, we just simply tell you, do with us what you will, for we are ready, willing, and able to hear from you. God, we simply want to pray for two places today as we do every Sunday. We pray for Halita Boggs, who. God who is ministering to Grand Valley, we pray for just favor with students there. Lord, we specifically pray also for Robinson Baptist today. God would you go before them? Would your spirit be heavily upon them? God would they sense you in a very powerful and special way? and may they continue to reach their community in unprecedented ways. And then Lord, for us, for the rest of our time together today, we give it to you, we ask your blessing upon your upon the word. And God, we look forward with anticipation, eagerness, and readiness to hear from you through your word. We say, and all of God's people said, Amen and amen. Well, if you are here in Spring Lake, you may be seated. If you're online joining us, we're so thankful that you're here. We appreciate you. If you're a guest today, can I just pause for a moment and say thank you? Thank you. Thank you for visiting us. We realize there's a step of faith and anytime you come to an environment like this that's not maybe something you're used to, it's a step of faith for you to step out and say, hey, I'm, I want to get engaged. And we just want to connect with you. The best way that we know how to do that is just if you wouldn't mind taking out your phone and scanning that QR code that you'll find on the chair back in front of you, that will take you to our connection card. And if you wouldn't mind filling that out, we'd love to put a name to a face, learn a little bit more about you. If you are a guest, we do have a gift for you back at our connection point. But Can, can I again just say thank you? Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of our ministry this morning. For the rest of you, you can also use that connection card to communicate at any level with us as a staff, and a member of our team will reach out to you. Again, if you're joining us online, you can do that at allshores.org, and we would appreciate that. Well, next week, I do want to remind you, you've been hearing about this thing called the journey for a long time now. We've been up and rolling on this for a couple of months, and I just want to reiterate the fact that this isn't necessarily like a new members class or a new person's class. This is a class, if you would like to get better connected, deepen relationships, know more about who we are as a congregation, as a church, it's something we want to invite everyone into. And next week is a great week to start the process of going through the four-week journey because... It is week one. So we would love to have you join us. 11 o'clock, you can get more information at allshores.org. But if you haven't been through the journey yet, highly recommend it. Great time to jump in next Sunday and be a part of that. Finally, I just want to remind you that this is the time we focus on our offering. So thankful for your continued faithfulness in this area. I say this often to people when I talk about this area. Man, if you're not someone who ties or gives to God on a regular basis, try it out. And to see if God doesn't something doesn't do something amazing and miraculous in your life. For those of you who continue to give, we're so thankful for your obedience in that. But you can give as you leave today. There's boxes in the foyer if you plan to give uh, on-site. But again, as always, you can give at allshores.org. And uh, there's a, get, a way to give online that way. Well, we have a great event coming up end of October. You're not going to want to miss it. Take a look at the screens and learn a little bit more about what's coming up.
0: Hi All Shores families, we are so excited to invite you to Fall Fest Spooktacular on Monday, October 31st from 4 to 6 p.m. All the businesses will be passing out candy and Allshores will be here at Tanglefoot Park and we'll be passing out donuts and cider. We'll have a raffle and an awesome trunk retreat where we're passing out candy. We would love for you to participate. You can go to Allshores.org events to sign up to serve. You can donate candy in your lobby, or you can just invite your friends and neighbors to come and hang out with the All Shores family. We'll see you at Fall Fest Spectacular.
1: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth.
4: Well, happy Sunday! So glad that we all get to be together. Want to welcome those of you who are in Spring Lake, um, those who are watching online, all of our campuses. My name is Evan. If we have not had the chance to meet, been on staff for the last three years. Our family absolutely loves being a part of this church, and we are in the third week of a series that we've called "The Bible Together." And this series really came out of what you asked for. We do a survey every year asking what you want us to teach on or or bring some awareness to. And this is what you said. How do we engage with God in a meaningful way through his word? And you may have a Bible in your car. You may have a Bible in your apartment. You may have a Bible at your house. But just because we own a Bible or have it accessible on our phone doesn't mean that we actually know how to engage with God in a meaningful way. And so that's the entire goal of this series that we're in right now. Pete preached the first two weeks of this series. Week one, he said, the written word reveals the living word, meaning when we engage in scripture, something miraculous happens that we actually feel like God reveals who he is to us. And just kind of putting the onus on me and engaging in scripture um, on a daily basis is really important. Last week, um, he talked about the role of the Holy Spirit as we as we read Scripture, that the Holy Spirit really tills the soil of our heart, that all of us have areas of our heart that are rocky, that are hard, that are filled with weeds. And what the Holy Spirit does is he clears the way so that when we hear the word that God has for us, it can actually be planted deep inside of us and hopefully bear fruit. This week, week three, we're going to be in John 15, the first few verses, so we'll dive into that in a moment. But before we do, we pause every week to affirm that the same God who inspired the words that we're about to read is the same God who's with us today. And even though I don't know what went on during the week, even though I don't know what you're bringing in, we believe he does. And every time we gather together, we believe that he comes with something for every single one of us to give us uniquely in order to help us. And so I don't want to run past giving you a moment to silently affirm that whatever God wants to say to you, that you want to hear it. And so why don't we do that and then I'll pray for us. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but your word, God, stands forever. And God, we come to you and we look to you. We say you are where our help comes from, that we don't look for anything horizontally of what can only come vertically. And so we gather together here today to hear from you and you alone. So, Holy Spirit, I do pray that you would give us knowledge and understanding, that you would actually help us see what you're trying to say to us, and ultimately, that you'd give us the courage to obey it and to follow you. And we, I pray this for every single person on the sound of my voice. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, well, we are going to focus our time, center our time around one question that comes out of the text we're going to read today. Here it is What are we hesitant to admit about abiding? What are we hesitant to admit about abiding? And let me give you some context because the word abiding or the word abide might not be that familiar, no worries. It's what our text is all about today. Jesus tells his disciples to abide in him. The word literally means to remain, to dwell, or not to depart. I experience this word every night because at the end of what seems like four hours, When I'm putting my girls to bed, what do they say? After we brush teeth, after we read books, after I get into their bed and tell them stories, what do they say? They say, Daddy, don't go. Daddy, stay with me. Daddy, one more book, one more story. They don't don't want me to leave. Or maybe it's what you say at the end of a really good vacation where you look across at the chair next to you. Maybe you're sitting in front of a pool, and you just say, man, do we have to leave? Do we have to go? Can't we just stay here together? Can't we just remain? Can't we just abide here together? It's what Jesus tells his disciples. We're going to pick up in verses 1 and 2. This is John 15. This is what Jesus says to his disciples. Jesus says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And maybe not right away, but I have come to love that word. And this is the first thing that we can kind of draw out of this passage. This is the first thing that we see. Remember, trying to answer this question, what are we hesitant to admit about abiding? Here's the first one. Is that in abiding, God would rather prune you than pamper you. God would rather prune us than pamper us. Now, here's what I'm not saying. Don't miss this. I'm not saying that God doesn't love you. I'm not saying that God doesn't want to protect you. I'm not saying that God doesn't want to provide for you. I'm not talking about safety. I'm not talking about physical or psychological needs. I'm talking about unnecessary excess or comfort. Here's what we may not know about plants and people that are the same. Plants and people, they both overproduce in ways that are ultimately unhealthy to sustain. Plants and people, we both overproduce in ways that are ultimately unhealthy for us to sustain. A plant often produces more than it can sustain. And so a plant will often do better if they have someone come alongside and prune the areas that aren't in the end picture of the gardener. So that the plant, hear me church, can focus on where on growing where it needs to. The gardener comes alongside. He prunes the plant so that the plant can focus on growing, where the plant needs to. We've lived in our house three years, and every year we get a different colored rose bush. So we have three, three different colored rose bushes, and it's my role in our family to prune or to trim our rose bushes. And here's what I know about our rose bushes. Is that they often grow out when I want them to grow up, and what's problematic about that is when they're growing out. Once you know it's fine when it's just green leaves, but when they they actually start to have rose flowers on them, the branches start to get too heavy and they weigh the plant down, and it starts to ruin the rose bush. So what do I have to do? I have to go alongside and trim some of the outer lying branches so that the rose bush can grow up. Instead of out, this is the picture that Jesus gives to his disciples. He says, I'm the vine, my father is the gardener, he's the planter. Here's what you need to know about your planter, your gardener, is that he sees the present you and he sees the future you at the same time. That we believe that God is outside of time, time isn't something that has control over God, that God can see you now and see the future you as well. He's got the picture, and he knows what you and I need, and that we need in order to become, in order to see the dream that he has for for our lives. But it's gonna take some pruning. It's gonna take some pruning. Because you and I tend to overproduce in some areas, not all areas, but we tend to overproduce in some areas. Let me just give you a list. Some of us, Watch every single episode of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Come on, somebody. And it's not just every episode, but you could tell me what everyone is talking about on on social media. Who's beefing with who? Who just made up? Some of you have football on. It's the best, best season of the year. Football on from Saturday morning until Monday night. It's just always on. There's always a game. And you're killing, you're killing the rest of your league in fantasy football. Some of you flip cars. Maybe you read books. Maybe you invest in the stock market. Maybe you bake things. Maybe you run. Maybe you listen to music. Or maybe, like me, you have found some time to watch all of the Marvel movies in chronological order. <laughs> Am I right? Come on. We all overproduce, don't we? You know the one area? That probably 90% of the people in this room or 90% of the people online struggled with this week. It's abiding. We all struggle with it. We overproduce in some areas, but the most essential area, we struggle to be with God. We struggle to abide. I did this week. Recovering from being sick, feeling tired, feeling exhausted, it's hard. Church, how would your future life look different if God pruned some of the focus, some of the energy, some of the passion that you're putting into other areas? What would your future life look different if he pruned some of those areas so that you and I, we could grow in the area that you and I need to most? This one essential area. Here's what we're hesitant to admit about abiding. God sees our lives and He loves us and He moves to prune us. And if you don't know why or you don't know what He's doing, it can be confusing or even hurtful. Jesus goes on in verse 3. Here's what He says to His disciples. Some of us need to hear this this morning You are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. You are already clean. Because of the word that I've spoken to you. Some of you need to hear this this morning because it's the last thing that you feel clean. And I'm not talking about physically, I'm sure you smell great. I'm talking about spiritually, feeling right before God. Maybe flipping open the laptop today and joining us online or getting in a car and joining us at one of our campuses, maybe that was a huge battle for you this morning because you don't feel like you belong you don't feel good enough. And for some of us, it's this very feeling that keeps us from wanting to be with, wanting to abide with God. Others of us have been trained that this very feeling is how God feels about us, that he's mad, that he's upset, that he's frustrated, that he's fed up. Let these words wash over you this morning, church. You are already clean, amen? Amen. You're already clean. That God doesn't need your perfection. He doesn't want your perfection. He's never been interested in your perfection. That's why he sent his son. That Jesus is all the perfection that you and I need to stand before God and have him say, my daughter, my son, you're clean. Here's the second thing we can pull out of this passage. Remember, we're trying to answer this question. What are we hesitant to admit about abiding. Here's the next one. It's that God would rather draw close to you than be impressed by you. This is what we experience in abiding, that God would rather draw close to you than be impressed by you. Every week I meet with a group of guys in a smaller discipleship group, and, and we get our coffee and we get our bagels, don't judge, and we go, And we spend time in scripture together. And a couple weeks ago, we were in Psalm 55. And normally we read it together, or maybe we read it by ourselves and we come back together. But we just asked a couple of questions. We said, hey, what stood out to you? And what do you feel like God is trying to say to you through these verses, through this passage? And a couple weeks ago, we read through Psalm 55. And one of the guys in our group says, verse 17 really stood out to me. And so we go back, and we go to verse 17, we read it, it says, Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and I moan, and he will hear my voice. And we said, why don't you just tell us about that, like explain that to us a little bit. And he shared with our group that he was going through a new transition at work, entering into a new job, and he's just been frustrated and upset. And he's felt like he hasn't wanted to connect with God one-on-one, Because he just wanted to feel more grateful first that God had even given him the opportunity for a new new job. He didn't just want to spend his time with God complaining. But then he said, if God is cool with the psalmist complaining to him evening, morning, and throughout the day, then it encourages me, I love this, that I can show up with God as I am. And that he doesn't expect me to be somewhere that I'm not. He just wants to spend time with me. I love that so much. In fact, I asked his permission to share it with you this morning. And these next words aren't aren't his words. But as I spent time in this passage this morning, this was just the picture that I felt like God gave me. That when we were in verse 17 of Psalm 55, when he read that, it was almost as if God was saying to him, hey, You're already clean. Come. Draw close to me. The abiding time that you and I spend with God isn't to try to prove anything to him. That we're worth his time. We're worth his investment. We don't have to prove anything. He just wants to draw close to us. He knows that we cannot truly change apart from him. Here's the last two verses. Verses 4 and 5. Jesus says this. Abide in me. I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. For I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm curious, church, what are you naturally drawn to in this passage? For me, it's... This idea of bearing fruit. In fact, it's, this, it's these two words. It's bearing much fruit. You see, I know that Jesus has told us, hey, pick your cross up daily and follow me. I know that he said, hey, the whole world turned against me, so don't be surprised if they turn against you. But if I'm honest, I like this way more. In fact, if I'm not careful, this is the mantra that I can center my entire existence around, bearing much fruit because I want my life to matter. I want my life to make a difference. I want my life to mean something when I return to dust. I want my legacy to live through the lives of others. But you know what gets super slippery about this? Is that quickly It's way easier for me to focus on tasks, accomplishing good things, being productive, moving the needle, seeing good returns, than it is to abide with God. And that's not the heart of these verses. I don't think that's what Jesus is trying to communicate. He says, abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. What if the fruit isn't something that I accomplish outwardly? What if the fruit is something Jesus accomplishes inside of me? What if he's less concerned about what I do or do not accomplish that day as he is about something else? And here's the last thing that we pull out of these verses. Remember, trying to answer this question what are we hesitant to admit about abiding? Here's the last one. It's that God would rather reveal himself to you than receive something from you. That in abiding, God would rather reveal himself to you than receive something from you. I have a lot of spiritual heroes and heroines that I've never actually met. And one of them is a man by the name of Watchman Nee. And Watchman Nee lived in the last century. And he was famous for his leadership of an indigenous church movement in China. But he helped establish local churches that were independent of foreign missionary organizations, which was super important, before Western missionaries were ultimately forced to leave during China's cultural revolution. And he wrote this short little book, called Sit, Walk, Stand on the book of Ephesians, a book that has radically changed my life. And I just want to read a portion of it to you. This is what Watchman Nee writes. He says this. He says, it is a grief to the heart of God when we try to provide things for him. He is so very, very rich. It gives him true joy when we can just let him give and give and give again to us. It is a grief to him, too, when we try to do things for him, for he is so very, very able. He longs that we will just let him do and do and do. He wants to be the giver eternally, and he wants to be the doer eternally. If we saw how rich and how great he is, we would leave all the giving and all the doing to him. You know why I think most people don't abide with God? It's not because we don't have the time. We all find time for the things that are most important to us. You know why I think most people don't spend time abiding with God? It's because we feel like we don't have anything left to give. And abiding, being with God, just feels like another place to give. Or maybe it's because we don't actually know how to do it. And so when we hear stories of other people doing it, it just makes us feel stupid. Some of us are afraid of what he'll say if he really does show up. This whole time we've been trying to answer one question. What are we hesitant to admit about abiding? Here's the picture that we see out of these five verses. What are we hesitant to admit? It's that the best gift that God gives us in abiding is himself. The best gift that God gives us in abiding is himself, that abiding is not a performance where we earn more of God's love or approval. Abiding isn't a way where we strong-arm God into giving us what we want. Abiding isn't even a way that we tap into some unknown energy or wisdom that helps us be more successful in the rest of life. Abiding is a relationship, a purposeful coming together for each other with the knowledge that God wants to be with us, Not to make us more efficient or effective, but just that he loves spending time with us. What would happen if you stopped seeing God as some divine micromanager and more as someone who's dreaming for you? He's the one person every day you don't have to gear up to be with. He's the one person that you can't let down. He is the eternal giver and the eternal doer. The abiding vine that we don't just have to plug into once a day, but stay connected to throughout. You might be saying, Evan, what do I actually do? Here are three of the simplest steps that I could think of. The first one is this. Give him permission. Give him permission. God sees our lives, and he wants, he's moved to, out of love, for our good, he's moved to, to prune us. And you can either run from God pruning you, or you can embrace it. One of the acts that I've done over the years that has so helped me with this comes out of Psalm 139. It's two verses. And it's just such a simple prayer that I think all of us could pray when we wake up every single day. The psalmist writes, and he says this, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What if every day when you woke up, you didn't try to prove anything to God? You didn't try to earn any more of his favor? What if you just said, hey, God, search me, know me, test me, see if there's anything inside of me that shouldn't be, and lead me in the way everlasting. Some of us need to give God permission. That's the first one. The second one is this, find a partner. I think for some of us, the reason that we're struggling in this area or maybe not really experiencing the change that we want to is because we're doing it all alone. That abiding is not just something you and I do separately. Abiding also happens when we come together. That that morning that I spend with those guys is one of the most energizing points of my entire week. That we are abiding together. We're we're coming together and seeking God. God. That some of us, all of us, need community. We need partners. We need encourager, encourager, encouragers in our life. And here's what I know about community. Community is never convenient. It never is. There's always more pressing things in life. It doesn't matter what stage of the journey you're at. There's always more pressing things. But here's what I know. Community, relationships, is essential for a well-balanced life. There are some of you who have been online with us for the last couple years, and and maybe it's time to come back in person. And I'm not talking to those of you who have a specific illness or um, some life circumstance preventing you or immune system, whatever it is, but those of you who are staying home purely out of convenience. And you may still get the content, but you miss the community. And we miss out from having you in person. You know, maybe something that you can do is simply out of this. Maybe you can text a friend. Maybe you can text a girlfriend or text a buddy and just say, hey, this has been an area. Experiencing God in scripture has been really hard for me over the years. Like, would you want to do something together that we could encourage each other and hold each other accountable? What's the worst that they could say? Maybe, maybe you join a, a plan, you share a plan on you version and you walk through together. Maybe you meet up for coffee once a week, and you just ask questions. Hey, did you understand what Jesus was trying to say when he said this? Hey, did you get this? And just find pockets, find moments to encourage each other. Last Sunday, I spent an hour during, during this service, the 11 o'clock service, walking seven people through step three of the journey. You want to know what step three is all about? Abiding. Hey, here are four abiding practices that we really feel like will help you engage with God. God. Which one comes easiest to you? Which one is the hardest for you? Okay, what could we do in the coming week to help you experience more of God through abiding? We all need a team. We need to partner with people. Some of us need to find a partner. Here's what I know. Those who go off on their own are left to fend for themselves. Doesn't have to be our story. Give him permission. Find a partner. Last one is this. Make some progress. Last week, I went in for my annual physical with my doctor, and he asked me a bunch of questions, because that's what doctors do. And the last question he asked me was, hey, Evan, are th- were there any significant changes in your diet or activity the last year? And I said, actually, there is. I was like, it hasn't been very far, but I've been running at least two times a week, and I'm pretty pumped about it. Maybe not a big deal. And he said, no, that's a really big deal. And you know what? It is a big deal, okay? This has been like a multi-year journey for me. I used to run all the time and then for the better part of the last decade, I just haven't, it's been hard. And so for me to be able to run a couple times a week, it just feels amazing. And here's what I wanna tell you, okay? Those of you who are runners, I don't wanna hear how much you run, how far you run or how fast you run, okay? Because I'm just trying to make some progress in my own life. What would it look like if you were to show up to whatever campus you attend next week? And what if you were to say, you know what? I made some spiritual progress this week. Maybe you read a verse a day, a chapter a day. Maybe you shared a plan on you version with with a friend and you're walking through it together. Maybe you journaled a half a page of prayers every single day, whatever it is. Can I just tell you something? Can Can I encourage you? Pick something. Commit to something. Take some sort of step. Maybe these three aren't it for you. That's okay. I'm just asking the question, what is? What step can you take this week towards God, what, what do you feel like He's maybe He's inviting you into? And it's just part of what it means to be human and to interact with the divine God. We always have room to grow. And I just want to give you space as we close. Maybe, maybe you would say you've never really heard God speak to you, you've never really sensed anything that He was trying to say to you. Maybe you would experience that for the first time today. So if you close your eyes, bow your heads, let me just pray for you. God, we look to you today. First and foremost, we just say thank you. Thank you that you've given us the gift of your presence, that the best gift that you could possibly give us is you. And that you didn't just give us a a book of rules and then retreat from our lives, but you want to be present, ever present, that you want to be with us every step of the way, that that you'll actually make this, this book in front of us come alive to our lives, to our hearts, to our problems, to our needs, that you're not content with just sitting afar and judging us, that you get really, really close into the messiness of our lives, and you say, I want to help. And so for every single person under the sound of my voice, God, I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make something clear to them in a way that, that would make sense to them in a way that they would understand that you'd give them some sort of next step that they could do this week to follow after you. And with heads still bowed and eyes closed, I just wanna pause. (coughs) That maybe online or maybe in in person here in Spring Lake, maybe you would just say, you know what? Before entering into this space, I would just say, man, I don't really know what it looks like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe throughout the time that we've spent together today, maybe something has moved you to the point where you feel like God is inviting you. You feel like God is moving towards you and you want to respond. And I want to help you do that today. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I just want to know who I'm praying for. And so if that's you today, will you just slip up your hand? Yes, I see you. Yes. Yes, I see you. Just pray these words in your own way. Say, Heavenly Father, I hear you calling to me. And I know that I've been running. I know that I've been heading my own way, but God, I want to come home. I want to be made right. I want to be clean. Just say, Holy Spirit, I do pray that you would, that you would make me new from the inside out, that you would make me righteous, that you would make me clean, that I, that I could tap into and receive Jesus' perfection over my life. And I just pray that you would help lead me in a way that, that I could respond to the call that you have on my life. We pray all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Man, if you made that decision today, can I just encourage you, will you let us know? We would love to come alongside you. No one is ever supposed to do any part of this journey alone. Our team would love to come around you this week. Fill out the connection card. It's the QR codes in the seat back in front of you or you can go to our connection point and fill out a physical card there. We would love to come alongside you, encourage you, celebrate with you this week. We are going to respond as we do every week in worship and in communion. You probably received some communion on your way in in little cups. If you didn't, Just head out now and go get yours, and then we'll come back um, and celebrate it together. But why don't we stand, and then we'll sing together today. communion every week. It was something that Jesus did on the last night that he was with his disciples. It's something that we still do every time that we meet. in communion is a great picture because on the, the last night that Jesus had on earth, what did he choose to do? To abide with his disciples. That he wasn't off writing some, some treatise. He wasn't off talking to the heads of state. He was with his people. And that's what he wants to do with us this morning. We affirm that that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. And so we do that together today. If you want to open up the second, peel back the second passage for the juice. After supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of my blood poured out for you, a new covenant for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink this, all of you, in remembrance of me. And so we do that as well. Let's finish singing this song together.
0: What moves you, yeah. Tell me what moves you. Sing, is it a fragrance? Yes, is it a fragrance? Then I'll pour.
4: love to end by giving you a benediction if you'll hold out your hands. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may he go with you. May his face shine upon you and may he show you more and more that he is both the giver eternal and the doer eternal. And it's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen and amen. We love you, church. We'll see you next week.